The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Let's go! Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, one-on-one showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Monday, January 23rd, 2023. Listeners, please welcome one of the hardest working men in the adult industry, fan favorite, Brad Newman. Welcome to the show, Brad. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're far too kind. Well, just being honest, I mean, you're everywhere, and, and you get a lot of work. So major props to you. You've really proven yourself to be, you know, one of uh, those performers that we got to keep an eye on. Well, you know, I grew up in a small town. Yeah. Kind of like that John Mellencamp song. Well, we'll yeah. be talking about that. We will be talking about that in in a moment. So before we take a full deep dive into everything, Brad. Let's get to know some stats of yours first. What's your height and weight? I want to say I'm just under six foot. I'm probably like, I don't know, an eighth of an inch under six foot. So with shoes, I'm just about six foot. And uh, right now, I'm probably about 183, I want to say. I really can't seem to get under 170. In college, I tried tried to like, you know, do the fasting kind of stuff. I was going on the spiritual journey and uh, 170 seemed to be kind of my baseline. But I've been up to like 218-ish, 220 in high school when I was kind of chubby. But uh, when I was fit, I got up to about 217, 218. It's just hard to uh, live with that amount of muscle on you. I feel like it's, you know, hard on your organs, you know, so... uh, in terms of longevity, I kind of changed the way I trained and ate to, uh, you know, uh, be able to work day in and day out. That makes sense. Yeah. What's your ethnic yeah. background? It's a good question. So um, I don't know much about my father, but uh, my mother told me my um, great-grandfather was full-blooded Cherokee. He um, left a reservation in... Uh, I believe it was like uh, Missouri, Kansas City area, and uh, traveled up north. So um, I have some Cherokee, I have some German, I have some Irish from my mother's side. I did one of those 23 and Me things uh, maybe like five years ago or so, and it came back that I had some Brazilian. It was like second on the list. And um, Middle Eastern, so the more I thought about it, I might have some Jewish ancestry. I have really, um, I don't know, some Jewish features um, in terms of my hair and some of my um, structure. But uh, I'm um, kind of ambiguous. I'm kind of a, a mix of those things. So uh, I think the Brazilian is probably um, where I get my lower body strength from. Are you there? Yes. What's your zodiac yeah, sign? My zodiac sign, I'm an Aquarius. Yeah, so um, I think Michael Jordan, Justin Timberlake, 
Phil Collins, those are Aquarius's, right? Could be. I I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not an Aquarius. <laughs> but but that what means it's it's coming up. Yeah, yeah, it's coming up. Happy early birthday. Yeah, so Aquarius is compatible with Aquarius. I think it's the only sign is what I've heard. It's compatible with itself. Oh, that's interesting. That interesting. Yeah, Aquariuses yeah. Are, are good people. Thank you. What are you? I'm a Gemini. Oh, sweet. So you're the best of both worlds. Pretty much. Oh, I'll pat myself on the <laughs> back. <laughs> nice. Yeah. How old are you? It's a good question. How old do you think I am? I'm really bad at answering that. <laughs> I, I know. I, I, a lot of people are, but I always like to hear someone's impression before I tell them the real age just to um, kind of gauge, you know, what I'm putting out there. If I were to guess, I would say in the 30s. Yeah. Okay. That's reasonable. I um, last, This last year just turned 40. I'm about to turn 41. That's what's up. Yes. You do not yeah. look 41. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I do appreciate that. It's all that good. I, um, it's all the good pussy, and uh, it's the working out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't get into business until I was 36. So I had a um, lot of life experience to uh, draw upon. Yes. You know, and which I think gave me kind of a different you know, energy in the business than I would have had if I had came in when I was 20. I completely agree with you. And that's something that I do talk about. I don't want to say the term older performers because uh, it makes performers sound ancient. But but performers that join the industry when they are, I would say, 35 plus or even 30 plus, there's a different mindset than the performers that join, you know, at 18, 19, 20, 21, which I think is really fascinating. Like you sort of enter the industry with life experience. You kind of know what you're going to tolerate and what you're not going to tolerate uh, business-wise, even if you're, even if you, you know, have never even thought about the industry, you kind of already have your own expectations on, you know, some of the, let's say, industry shenanigans and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, well, so also, it's like, I know how, like, bad it can be in real life, but I know how good it can be now, and I know the difference, you know, because I've lived through it. And so, right. you know, when things are really good all the time, I don't think I'll ever really get used to it or get spoiled, you know, because I've known life to be hard. So I think if I'd have came in young and would have, like, been very successful, I might have, you know, not had a lot of the character that I have now. And I don't think I would have some of the perspective, you know, because I think I see things different than a lot of people. And I think that's good. You know, I think, you know, the bigger the business is, the better. And, you know, the more um, different kind of, like, viewpoints and, um, and um, artistic interpretations and, you know, adult, I feel like, makes it a stronger community overall you know it's um been kind of disappointing to see how much division there's been in our business i feel like a lot of performers you know get judgmental of each other or um, jealous of each other you know and it can be kind of like cutthroat i've seen it from the girls and the guys yeah you know, social media like, doesn't help yeah but we're already so marginalized we honestly should mobilize and come together you know because at the end of the day we're like brothers and sisters, you know? And 
if you think about it, everybody has their own fan base. Like, yes, some fan bases will overlap, but for the most part, you know, if someone is a Brad Newman fan, they might not be a fan of, you know, uh, performer X and performer X's fan fan base might not be the same as performer uh, Y. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone has their mm-hmm. own fan bases, and so I've never really understood, uh, especially nowadays when there is so much content out there, why people have to feel competitive. You know, just you know, work hard and 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 deliver for your fans. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, for sure. And I also feel like, you know, um, I'm pretty, you know, old school kind of romantic kind of things. I was raised by three generations of women, my great grandmother, my grandmother, my mother. So I think I have more of um, a a classic term of uh, sexuality in terms of what I like. Yeah, totally. Does that make sense? No, I completely agree with you. I feel like everyone has their own preferences as to what they what they do and what they want to see in their erotica. Like, I don't yuck people's yums. You know, if I'm not into it, you know, good for you. You know, you're, you as a consumer are viewing what you want to watch. And, and we live in an era in particular where there is so much content. There really is something for everybody out there. So, um, yeah, I feel like as a performer, you have to know what you do best. And, uh, you know, it might not be for everybody, but there will be a fan base out there that supports every move that you make. And clearly, you have that. So before we get into any of that, let's, let's actually rewind a little bit and let's talk about you as, uh, you know, the man behind the performer you sort of started talking about a little bit, but let's get into where you are originally from and what life was like growing up for you. All right. Well, I am from a small town in the Midwest, and um, I grew up uh, raised by a single mother. So my great-grandmother and my grandmother were kind of like parental figures who helped raise me as well. Um, I hit my growth spurt really early around like fifth grade. So I want to say about that time I was like the second biggest kid in the elementary schools. And um, I think that made me get into sports when I was younger. I had a pretty good sense of coordination. So um, I feel like doing sports, I kind of got the social aspect of life that I wasn't getting at home because I was the only child, you know. And so um, I think that also harbored an environment for imagination. You know, I think that's where my creativity probably comes from initially. And uh, I was uh, uh, a four sports star in uh, high school. I played basketball, baseball, football, and I ran track during baseball season. So I didn't really do the track practices. I just went to the meets. But um, I wanted to play college football, so I actually transferred high schools in uh, my senior year to a high school in South Carolina where I graduated high school. It was a really good football school. We went undefeated up till the state championship and lost the state championship. And uh, I went to USC in South Carolina to play football and blew my knee out my first year in college. So uh, I ended up getting into acting. And um, I found that I could get a very similar 
experience from performing in sports is performing on stage. So I was really drawn to that. But um, I didn't really know that it was going to take off like it did when I got out of college. So um, I ended up booking like my first six or seven auditions I went to out of college. And uh, the second thing that I booked was a sci-fi channel film. So um, I uh, kind of felt like, you know, I could come out to L.A. and take that next step. So I came out to L.A. and uh, got an agent and got into acting school and was doing all this stuff. And, uh, you know, things just didn't work out for me. You know, I never got a break. So uh, I done a litany of jobs in my life. I've worked for Quill Office Supplies, who is the warehouse staples. I've worked for Angie's List. I've worked for Aflac. I've worked for all kinds of companies. And I know how things can be from like business to business sales to, you know, um, managing a, a, a wood a working store to, uh, you know, everything in between. And uh, it was it was hard for me to make ends meet out here in LA. I was having trouble, you know, um, you know, not only booking auditions but finding other work. So uh, I was at the gym one night. It was a Sunday, okay. And this is really funny. I'll tell you the story in detail so you get a good idea of what really happened. And uh, I'd been at the gym. I think I just got a yoga. It was late. It was probably like seven thirty on Sunday. And um, I didn't know what I was going to do. I, uh, I'm trying to figure out um, where I can work, um, wh- how I'm going to pay rent. I think the month before, I paid rent with uh, my tax return. So, um, you know, I didn't even know how I was going to get rent paid this next month. And uh, I saw Nicolette Shea at the gym. She's a, um, a Brazzers contract girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was like, you know, just like I'd seen her, you know, um, very beautiful, very um, intimidating. And um, we were making eye contact. And I thought about going to talk to her, but I was kind of exhausted from working out. And um, I left and I went back to um, the parking lot to, to drive home. And when I get in the parking lot, I couldn't find a ticket to get out. I'd never lost the ticket. Never have before or since. It was like the ticket disappeared on so. So I had to go back inside to like get some sort of voucher to leave. And I was so upset about it. I was like, I'm going to go back in there. And I'm going to talk to Nicolette Shea. Because right now I just don't give a fuck. So I go back in there. And I was like, hey, are you Nicolette Shea? And she's like, yeah, I am. I said, I'm one of your biggest fans. She's like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, so good to meet you. And she was saying something along the lines of, I'm kind of getting hungry. Is there anywhere around here I could get like a salad or some food? And I was like, yeah, come with me. I'll show you this place. So we went and got some food and we started talking and things were going pretty well. And uh, I was thinking if I could fuck Nicolette Shea, Poppy, maybe I would have the confidence I needed to go into the sex audition and book a role, you know? I love it's that. Funny. That's what was on my mind was I was like, it should have gotten so bad. I have this like once in a lifetime opportunity. Let me see how far I can go. So during, during this little dinner we're having, I pull out a video on my phone 
from like a year or two prior of this hot wife blowing me that I'd been seeing. And I go, what do you think about this? And she goes, oh, my God, is that your dick? And I go, why would it be someone else's? And I go, that's a good point. And she was like, so do you want to do it? And I thought she meant, do you want to go fuck? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Yeah, I do want to go do it. And so she grabs her phone, and she makes a phone call, and she gets the number of an agent, and she gets me a meeting with the agent the next day. So um, I end up meeting with this agent, and he kind of, like, lays everything out for me pretty honestly. And I figured uh, I probably should think about it, but, you know, it's something that I thought about in the past, and I feel like I could be good at. And when I got to thinking more about it, I figured, what would I do if money was no object? I feel like this is what I would be doing. And so I thought, you know, the money will come if you do what you love. And I figured if I didn't try it, Poppy, I would always wonder what might have happened. Mm-hmm. You know, and I couldn't live with that. I couldn't. I didn't want to be old and be like, yeah, I could have been someone, you know? I just couldn't do it. So I thought, I have to take this opportunity. So um, first month, I'm getting all these roles to just act. Okay, I've been going to acting class. I've been acting for a while. This time I feel like I'm a pretty good actor. So um, I'm playing like the bartender. I'm playing like the bouncer. You know, I'm like the agent. I'm the salesman at the front door. I'm not doing any sex roles. And everyone's like, oh, man, you're a really great actor. I'm like, yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Um, How ironic that I'm not here really to be acting. I'm here to be fucking. So you should see me fuck, you know. Right. And then um, I end up um, getting a scene because another bill performer had to have knee surgery or something. I end up filling in for him. And so my first scene was boy-girl anal in front of, like, six extras. They dropped you in the deep end of the pool. They did, just a little bit, you know. I think I'd probably done anal two or three times, maybe four or five tops in my own personal life. Just because of my girth, anal isn't something I'm really built for initially, you know. So it was, it was really quite a psychedelic experience, especially, you know, having to perform in front of so many other people. But, um, you know, over time, you kind of get used to things and, you know, you start to see the world differently. So that's kind of how I got my start. That's an interesting start. Start, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Good grief. Yeah, that was almost like a trial yeah, by my, fire for you. Yeah, my first year, I feel like my first agent really kind of threw me to the wolves in a lot of ways. I mean, I was a grown ass man, so I appreciate having opportunities, but I was kind of far and over my head on kind of other things I was trying to do, and so uh, you know, no one really tells you the right way to do everything you kind of have to figure it out on your own, you know? So little by little over time, I've found little things that I've been able to tweak. And now I kind of turned everything into like a ritual. I try to schedule it, you know, specifically. So I get into like the same kind of state. I feel like there's like a a flow that I try to achieve within my energy every day. Mm -hmm. Mm. In total, how long have you been in the industry? been like four and a half years. 
going on five may thirty first twenty eighteen that's what's up and so let's dive into yeah. that first time having sex on film what was that experience like for you i know you sort of lightly touched on it but i want to take a deeper dive into you know what was going on in your mind the first time you're doing it because especially as as you said you know well as i said you know you get tossed into the deep end you have to do an anal scene you have extras on set and that are that are there not necessarily to watch but they are there and and you know mm-hmm. they're there uh what yeah what was that experience like for you you know this dude who was uh who traveled from you know this midwestern town to LA to hit it big in the mainstream world now you're in the adult world what was going mm-hmm. on in your mind that first time on set well, it's hard to really focus, you know. There's so many things that you're thinking, you know, it's hard to really block everything out because, you know, you're worried about remembering all your lines, <laughs> you know. You're worried about, you know, uh, what the, you know, director's doing and the camera guy and, you know, this might be your only chance. You can't fuck up at the beginning, you know. Um, you know, and then you got all these other people there. So, you know, it's just, it's it's kind of overwhelming in a lot of ways. But um, I think what you got to do is you just got to stay calm. You know, what I found is um, I've been trying to do things that have made me more baseline. Like I cut out caffeine. You know, I found that I love caffeine and I've drank it my whole life. But what I found is that it gets me too amped up, you know. And when I'm going into like a, a situation that's already amped up, I want to be as, as cool as I can. So I cut out caffeine maybe uh, middle of COVID. Um, so I, I've, uh, I've found ways to focus a lot better. Um, I found that... Uh, you know, it, it's it's really 90%, 85% mental, you know, what we do. You know, and that can be one of any ways, you know. You want to um, not get burnt out in this business. You mm-hmm. know, if you get successful, you start working all the time. Then, you know, uh, what you were, were attracted to might not be enough anymore, you know. You might have already scratched that itch. You know, you got to find ways to keep yourself interested, keep yourself healthy, too. You know, you can't get injured. You can't pull a muscle. You can't, you know, um, get COVID. You can't get a disease. You know, there's a lot of things that will take you out from performing. So, you know, I've been trying to be kind of like Cal Ripken Jr. You know, I, I like to be very faithful and uh always show up on time, always, you know, get a good night's sleep before, you know, and just, uh, you know, try to improve every day, you know, try to take away something that, you know, I kind of evolved upon or maybe um, perfected or or experimented with, you know, I feel like um, when you do a lot of scenes 
it's also easy to get mechanical. You know, there's like a technique that we use to um, show penetration to the camera. It's called opening up. I don't know if any other performers have talked about opening up with mm-hmm. you. Are you familiar with the concept? Yes. You got to open Not up for the camera. I ever thought yeah. about before I got in the business. You know, yeah, I, yeah, I would say I would kind of... most viewers don't think about it either. But I mean, you know, you, it, it's it makes sense because you know the camera has to capture what the viewer wants to see, and that's the penetration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and so I hadn't really quantified that before the business. When I get in, people are like blowing me away with this concept of opening up. I'm like, this is crazy. What are we talking about? So. I was coming in as a pussy at like 45 degree angle, you know, I was like trying to curve my dick around the cue ball into the corner pocket. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it took me like a good year or so to get down how I actually mechanically open up, you know, like I, I, I felt like when I first started, I had to get the fundamentals right. You know, how do you do reverse cowgirl, you know? I, it depends on the girl. I have like 10 different ways I can do a reverse cowgirl. You know, some girls have really strong legs. They have really strong legs. I usually can put my hands on their hips and I can help them with the momentum. You know, they don't have really strong legs. What I can do is I can slide my arms underneath their butt like a shelf. And I can just have them sit on my hands and then I can fuck them like that. You know, there's little, little tiny variations to all these, like, positions. And I feel like that's kind of been my next evolution as a performer is how do I make things look like the first time every time? You know, how do I make every scene look unlike any other scene I've ever done before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, what I've been trying to do is I've been trying to find out how other successful people, what's their process? How did they get to where they are? You know, I've been studying Kobe a lot. I've been listening to a lot of his uh, interviews and ideas. And, you know, what was his process? What did he go through? You know, when he went into the league, he said his hands were big, but they weren't massive. You know, he wasn't able to do the things with the ball that Jordan was able to do. So he had to strengthen his hands. So I think about myself, I'm like, what part of my game do I need to strengthen? At first, I only opened up to the right. I'm a right-handed, so I was opening up to the right all the time. It was really natural to me. But I figured to become more of a complete performer, I need to be able to open up to the left. You know, a lot of times directors will want me to open up to the left. It wasn't always my strong suit, but over time, I've kind of got the point now where I like opening up to the left, Poppy. You know, it can feel like a whole different position if I open it up in a different way. Mm -hmm. So. You know, it's been cool and interesting how I've evolved sexually and, you know, mentally as a performer in these sort of ways. Well, and that makes complete sense. I mean, you know, with the time in the industry, with the experience, with, you know, the the immense amount of scene work under your belt, you know, it makes sense that you're going to want to improve and get better at your craft. I mean, clearly it's worked because you get a hell of a lot of work. I mean, let's just be real. So uh, clearly you're doing something right. Uh, we kind of shifted a little bit away from, from what I, I'm curious just to get into your headspace of that first scene. Oh, the first scene? Yeah. 
you know, it, it, it's not the freshest memory in my mind, to be honest with you. So I don't know how much justice I'll be able to give it specifically in terms of the emotion and everything. But, um, you know, it was um, probably one of my five, ten worst scenes ever, you know, if I look at it technically um, how I did as a performer, you know. But um, it was more so like I had to prove to myself and get over the hump that I could actually do it. Mm-hmm. You know, because once you've done it, then you realize you can do it again. Yeah. You know, so you do it again and again and again. And as you do it again, you know, you have great days. And so when you have great days, you're like on top of the world. You're like, it doesn't get any better than this. But then when you have days that aren't great days, you are like, it cannot get any worse than this. It's, it's something that it's hard for me to not take personally. You know, and that's something that is mentally challenging about the business is separating what is personal and what is business. Mm-hmm. You know, because what we do is such a personal thing. You know, it's hard not to take things personally. You know, like if I'm working with a girl that I think is really attractive and my dick's not working great that day, I get energy from her that like she's taking it personal, like. She's mad at me. She doesn't think I'm attracted to her, but she doesn't know this might be day 18 in a row, you know? She doesn't know I might have, like, had to drive in from Vegas the night before, and I might have not got to sleep till like, 2 in the morning. I might have only got a couple hours of sleep, you know what I'm saying? So there's things that come up in life, and as a male performer, you have to be able to solve problems, you know? It's always something, always something. And I feel it's the great performers that can figure out how to get around those problems no matter what. You know, problems can be the girls on our period and there's blood and they can't film if they show blood. You have to figure a way if there's no sponges to, you know, keep her from bleeding or maybe you're in a bathtub, but the heater, the water heater is not working and it's cold water and you have to perform in a cold bathtub or, you know, um, you got um, a cut from shaving on your shaft, you know, and it hurts and it, it looks like there's something wrong. You have to, you know, somehow make sure you can fill around it or, you know, or get it where it looks camera ready, you know, um, there can be a whole litany of, of problems that come along. The, um, the girl maybe um, is sick, and then they replace her with a girl that is brand new and never done, uh, it's her first scene, you know. You could have that. I've had stuff like that happen before. So um, I feel like that first day, that first scene, I realized that, there's all kinds of problems I can run into into this business, and I needed to figure out how I could overcome them, how I could solve them. You know, and I feel like that's become the foundation to my continued success in this this career. I like that. Yeah, I think it comes from you being. 
a little bit older than some of uh, the individuals that joined the industry. As you said, you know, it's the life experience. It's all of that that sort of adds into you really trying to or wanting to hone your craft. I mean, you take this incredibly seriously. And, uh, you know, as I keep on saying, and I'm not saying this just to give you a big head, but, I mean, you do get a lot of work. So clearly what you're doing has worked and has set you aside from, you know, the other crop of men that were in the industry before you or joined around the same time. Yeah, and I feel like a little bit of the catch-22 I run into is sometimes I work myself a little bit too hard. I, You know, I, I was raised to be a hard worker, and it's hard for me to say no. So sometimes I've done two scenes in a day when I shouldn't have, you know, when I've been working every day for two weeks and I throw in an extra scene there because someone at New Sensations had a cancellation last minute. I'm like, all right, I'll, I, I got you. You know, or this one time I got a call from Mr. POV and he was like, buddy, can you come save me? This guy was performing with his chick. I guess it was like they were from Oregon and they were kind of amateur. He's trying to go pro. And there was another girl in the threesome and he popped on the other girl in the threesome and he only got like five minutes of footage. So he oh. needed me to come in. <laughs> oh no. And I was like, fuck. Okay, let me do it. You know, I feel like I'm getting to the point where I need to know when to say no and know when to fold them, you know. I, I think that's kind of, you know, um, going to be a secret to my longevity is, you know, ensuring that I don't ruin my health by burning the candles at both, both ends. Yeah. I mean, the last thing you want to do so, is burn out. Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's a couple times I've not given the most favorable scenes because I've been, you know, over-exhausting myself. You know, it's just, uh, I think, kind of like a obsessive-compulsive thing that I have. You know, it's hard mm -hmm. for me to just say no. You know, I've worked with girls that I put on my no list just because I'm like, you know what, I like to want to give someone a second chance. You know, I believe in second chances. And... uh and, you know, sometimes I'd, I'd like to take a scene the day before I went to AVN. <laughs> the last minute kind of thing, you know, and I probably shouldn't have. You know, so um, I think that's uh, something I'm trying to learn in this 2023 is a little better discernment on, you know, uh, what projects I've been taking. Mm -hmm. That's understandable. Yeah. I have been getting bigger and bigger roles, you know, as things have been going, uh, you know, have uh, been going along. I just did a, um, a movie with Adam and Eve called uh, Love, Sex, and Robots that um, is supposedly going to, is their best movie they've made, a lot of these uh, films over the years. And uh, we, uh, with this crew, we won uh, the X-Biz, uh, the uh, best comedy for Love Emergency. I want to say it was 2019, the last X-Biz that was in person before this one. And so... Uh, you know, uh, this next year we might get a lot of accolades for this Love, Sex, and Robots. I, the trailer just came out. It looks really good. I also did a, another Adam and Eve feature called The Perfect Mark. It was probably my best role of last year, I think. So um, that's going to be coming out this year. So uh, the guys that I shot Love, Sex, and Robots with, I'm going to be shooting another feature with. 
this next month. Um, it's going to be called Love, Sex, and Hollywood. And so, um, you know, as I've been doing more of my own productions and, and some of these bigger things, I think I'm going to start having to say no to some of the uh, stuff that I've been normally doing. You know, just uh, I think to give myself peace of mind and longevity. And also it's a but part I'm, of the natural evolution. Yeah. Let's talk about your poor name. How did you come up with your performer name? Excellent question. So my mom really likes Brad Pitt. And so um, I went with Brad because she liked Brad Pitt. It was an easy name to spell, four letters, top of the alphabet. I didn't realize there was other Brads in the business. If I hadn't known that, I would have been like Greg or, you know, Jimmy, you know, something other than Brad. But um, I came up with Newman because Paul Newman could be my father. My mother had an affair with Paul Newman. Um, and uh, she said his eyes were so blue, blue, she couldn't say no, which I thought was kind of funny. And so uh, when I was trying to come up with a name, I brought that up to the agent at the time. He was like, let's go with Newman. Like, that's a great name. So, I love that's it. how Brad Newman came about. I love that yeah. story. And shout out to your mom yeah. for getting it in with Paul Newman. That is awesome. Right? Right? Mom got some moves on her. Right? That's a good story. Uh -huh. Very nice. All right. Yeah. I have a follow-up. Yeah. I should have asked this before, but we got into a, a, you know an interesting conversation that went in a different direction. Um, I don't have your filmography in front of me, and I'm trying to rack my brain, and I was trying to think, did you ever do a, a scene with Nicolette Shea? Like, how did you, mm -hmm. and how long mm -hmm. after joining? I haven't. You have not? I haven't. Mm -mm. Okay. No. You know, it's funny. To be honest with you, I just ran into her at ABN. And I've shaved my beard, and I look a little bit different. But I saw her in passing, and I said hello, and she looked at me like she didn't know who I was. So I thought that was kind of funny. Like, I haven't talked to her in years. but uh, That's know. hilarious. I don't Can know I what tell our relationship you, is. You, when you <laughs> shave your beard, you do look like a very different person. And I'm not saying that as a Thank bad you. thing. I'm just saying you, ha you have almost like a like a chameleon type of look, you know, when you have facial hair and when you don't have facial hair. Like, you just, you do transform. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. You know, okay. I actually just thought of a very great story I don't think I've ever told on there that I thought maybe you might like to exclusively have. All right. I enjoy stuff like that. Great, great. So, um... <clears throat> So, uh, let's see, I want to say this was, I want to say it was 2015, okay? This was my last serious girlfriend, okay? I had moved to San Diego. I was living in San Diego, probably my favorite city in the world. Shout out San Diego. Um, and I was dating this girl that was um, very beautiful, Italian. She was like 5'10". I had been dating these girls my whole life that are like 5'10" kind of funny but um she was raised in the orange county area her dad um did like the accounting for some uh, big celebrities like aerosmith and um some bands like that and uh she was working for her father's like satellite branch in san diego 
at his tax firm. So she like grown up like a stable of horses, was like very wealthy and well off. And I thought that this was a good thing that she was, you know, probably raised right. And um, come to find out, like she got really to be a, a very like uppity, superficial, snotty person. To make a long story short, um, she thought I was cheating on her, and I wasn't. She broke into my place, destroyed all my stuff, got me evicted. I ended up sleeping on my buddy's couch from college down in San Diego, and. Uh, I made this vow to the world. It was like my Gandhi-like silent protest till my life got, got better, that I was not going to come or jack off. And I did this for six months. I went completely celibate. It was wild. I quit drinking. I quit smoking. Completely changed my life. And uh, after about six months, I was getting a little bit crazy, you know? Like I'd already gone so far down this road. But, you know, like, I, I have needs myself as a man. So um, I ended up going on Craigslist. Do you remember Craigslist, Poppy? Shout out to Craigslist, yep. Shout out to Craigslist. So I put up some uh, ad in uh, Casual Encounters. And I ended up finding this couple in the neighboring city of La Jolla. Um, and uh, I started going over there and fucking this guy's wife. And he would film me doing it. And this went on for like two years before I moved to L.A. And it was almost like I was going to college for to be a porn star. Because it was kind of simulating all the aspects of what I would be doing now. Mm-hmm. So it's funny how the world works in mysterious ways. Totally. Yeah, that was a nice mm-hmm. little. I mean, it, clearly you weren't doing stuff like opening up for the camera, but you were you were basically getting a crash course in like amateur erotica. Yeah, and putting yourself in like situations that are very unknown, you know, because when you like meet someone on Craigslist and you're gonna go over there to like fuck this guy's wife, you're like. What am I actually going to get myself into, you know? Exactly. Am I getting catfished? Are these people going to try to rob me, you know? But um, then also, just like the actual, like, ins and outs of the actual doing the deed, you know? Because um, you feel like there's an expectation there. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So shifting gears a little bit, I'm curious to ask this question. I always like asking this to performers. Um, I'm not asking for like a top 10 list. I'm not asking for anything ranked. Just, you know, a general question of who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with over the years. Great question. All right. I think I'll work backwards. So who have I worked with lately that I've really enjoyed? And then we'll go, you know, further and further down the line. So um, recently I worked with Chantel Danielle from Motley for uh, Elegant Angel. I uh, I thought she was great. I also recently shot with Nicole Doshi. She won Best New Starlet at uh, Expos. She was great to work with as well. Um... I really enjoy working 
with uh, Alex Starr, shot with her a couple times. I like working with, um, there's a new girl called Kate Dahlia. She's uh, one to work, look out for. She's a great performer. Um, I recently worked with a new performer named Maiden, who was really good. Um, I also like working with uh, Blake Blossom. We've worked together a handful of times. She's great to work with. Um, there's a new girl named Sutton, who's really fun. Uh, Mina Lux uh, is a great uh, performer as well. Let's see who else? Um, I've uh, really enjoyed working with Bunny Madison, uh, Kay Lovely. Um, there's a new girl, Stephanie Love, who's really great. You know, that's um, all that comes to mind right off the top of my head as of uh, late. Um, there's a couple girls that I would like to work with that seem really cool. Uh, Caitlin Bell I haven't worked with yet. Bella Blue I think will be a great performer. Um, it's really fascinating how much turnover there is in this business. A lot of girls come in. They're, uh, you know, um, opened up to maybe doing something else like escorting or, you know, their um, social media blows up and they become OnlyFans girls and then they are not in the business in six months. And then new people come in and, you know, it's it's always changing. It's it's such a different uh, environment and, and, and business than it was four years ago when I started. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see how things change over the next four years, you know, how, uh, how this industry evolves. Totally. Yes. Uh, I feel like the industry is in the middle of an evolution right now. You gave a couple of names that you'd like to work with. Uh, you kind of, uh, sort of, uh, are leading me right into my next question because the next question was actually going to be who haven't you worked with that you would like to do a scene with, uh, you know, this is your chance to sort of manifest. I would like to work with Courtney Taylor. She um, is with my agency, and uh, she recently told me that she has been getting off to me and Lainey Gray's recent videos on Pornhub. So uh, it was kind of like one of those full circle things, because I was thinking, Courtney, in college, I used to get off to your videos, and now you're getting off to mine. So, <laughs> you know, that's one that I would like to um, perform with. Um, I really feel like I get to perform with pretty much all the girls that I've wanted to. Um, it would have been great to perform with Jenna Jameson. I would right. Like, um, like to uh, perform with her. Um, who else? Raquel Darian. Do you remember her? Yes. Yes. I thought she was a banger. She was like a, like a, swimsuit model, you know, tall, fit, pretty. Um, I really had a great scene for um, New Sensations with Ryan Reed a couple years ago when she first got in the business. Um, that would be one that would be fun to work with again. Um, 
I worked with Luna Starr when I first got in the business too. I'd like to work with her again. She's really great. Every time I see her, she's really kind and has this really great energy about her. Um, it's, it's funny, you know, um, you find out a lot about yourself as a person going down this career path. And uh, a lot of times you'll see someone visually that you're attracted to and you think that you're going to have the best sex ever with this person. And then there's something about their personality that clashes with yours and it just isn't there, you know? Or you can go to set with a girl that you're not really excited about and you guys just vibe and have this incredible sex chemistry. You know, it's so counterintuitive how those things work. Like when I first got in the business, I thought there was things I would like to perform in that wasn't really my cup of tea. You know, like um, like I liked watching like bukkakis and, and blow banks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But when I performed in them, I just was like, this isn't really my jam. You know, it's, Mostly, you just sit in a circle jerking off with your buddies, and you're like, what are you doing after this, you know? It really isn't, like, as connected of, you know, a, a performance, you know, as you would like with the female talent. She's, you know, getting, like, pictures done and interviews, and then, like, you're lined up with guys, so, like, you're getting very limited time with her, and, you know, it's... uh. It's not what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, um, you know, you, you you learn about yourself sexually, you know, um, in a very intimate way. So um, it's really cool that I feel like it's helped me become comfortable with who I am, you know, by, you know, learning these things, you know, firsthand. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, the what we see, it's not always the reality behind it. I mean, there are long hours on the set at times. Uh, sometimes porn isn't as sexy as we see it. You know, we got to give props to the director and the editors, you know, because they make the magic happen. You know, they know exactly what to choose to, to you know, that looks the best for the viewers and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And it's funny, like, sometimes you're like this, was one of my worst scenes ever and then all of a sudden it's like nominated for an award or something there you funny go how these things yeah. happen you're like oh man i had the best day ever and then like that scene doesn't see the light of day no one likes it you know it's it's nothing you know and then you have your your what you thought was the worst scene that you had or you know you had a bad day maybe or something and stars align and you know People love the scene. Like one of my buddies, he said he has a scene that has like 30 million views. And it was just the worst experience. Like the girl was just like a diva. Like she doesn't like sex. You know, it was like so disconnected and disinterested. And then it just, the video blew up. It's it's hard to kind of predict on how, you know, what, what will hit and what won't. You know how things will go so it's just uh you know you got to you know just do your best every day and you know just continue to move on it's you know it's because the business is so personal it's easy to you know get caught up in in the past and and uh 
not let go of, of everything. And that's something that I've been trying to learn is, you know, every day is a new day. And, you know, there's no other moment than what is happening right now. And I really need to be more here and now than, you know, in the past or the future. Now, you mentioned being your best and that sort of thing. So this mm-hmm. question kind of aligns to that because I'm curious if there are any performers in the industry that inspire you to be your best. Are there any individuals in the industry that you look up to that inspire you to, you know, work your hardest and, and to, you know, be the best performer that you can be? You know, it's a good question. I really, honestly, I draw my inspiration from more outside of the business. Um, I really am a big, big fan of Muhammad Ali. Uh, I I listen to him probably, you know, as much as I listen to my mother. You know, uh, uh, Muhammad Ali has always been a very, very inspirational. I uh, I really identify with with his journey. I. Uh, I listen a lot to Kobe. You know, I listen to um, uh, the last the last dance. I think I probably watched like six times. I was a, a big Jordan fan growing up. Um, I, I I feel like I draw my inspirations more from sports figures than the performers. Um, but I was talking to Zach Wild about this at AVN. Like, who do you think? Who do you? Where would you put the top five male performers of all time, Bobby? Oh, that's a difficult question to ask me because I have to interview y'all. Um, so I would choose a no comment on that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> because I feel like if I start naming people, then if someone does listen to this, that you know, another male performer does listen to this, they're gonna be like, Why wasn't I on that list? You know, why wasn't I on the list? And that sort of thing. So, Fair enough. Fair enough. But there are Fair greats enough. in the industry. You know, that pl- trust me, believe me, there are names that are popping up into my head right now and for different reasons yeah it's one of those um you know you can make an argument for a lot of different performers but i think to have any longevity in this business you know you have to be great in some sort of way totally and And you need the fan base i mean you need a dedicated group of people that support you you know you need the people that to buy your product and to really be anticipating your next move and 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 they're there behind everything that you're doing whether it's you know doing an only fans or starting up your own production company if you have the fan base they will support what you're doing well i really hope that all the people from my life are big fans of me now I hope there's some sort of, you know, full circle completion that I'm fulfilling in terms of entertaining them. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't that sound like a, a beautiful life, you know? like Yes, totally. Happy ending come true. Yes. You know, I think it's kind of funny that we live in a world where on television we can show people like, you know, doing everything under the sun, like John Wick killing 100 million people. You know, but what's more dangerous than that is showing two people loving each other completely unrestricted. You know, how how dangerous is that that we can't show that on television? You know, in a, a world that, you know, that prefers to have violence over love is a world that's gone bad. 
you know it's it's yeah. wild to me that you know uh, people look upon what we do in, in such a light you know yeah some of it can be kind of unnatural and and extreme but you know all in all you know there's nothing wrong with two people loving each other that is true but that leads us to a whole conversation about our puritanical patriarchal society that we could talk about for hours it's unfortunate i I mean i feel like sex positivity and the sex positivity movement really is you know embraced by the younger generations you know i would say you know millennials and generation z versus you know like generation x and that sort of thing i feel like sex positivity is you know it's really emerging, and I think that will be sort of what changes. Uh, unfortunately, older people are still, you know, in charge of entertainment and media and that sort of thing. So I feel like once the younger blood gets in, maybe some of that will change. At least that's my hope, just because, I mean, it is kind of ridiculous that in our country, you know, we're so censored when it comes to sex and sexuality. But if you watch productions that are, you know, from like Europe, et cetera, I mean, nudity and that sort of thing isn't taboo. I feel like our society here makes things more taboo than they should be. But that's just me saying it. Yeah. All right, so just to shift gears a little bit, let me ask you... The big question, the question that I'm sure a lot of your hardcore fans and supporters might be curious to know, how much is Brad Newman packing? Oh, what a great question. You know, um, I'm actually not really sure. You know, it depends on the day. That is actually the most honest question, um, the most honest answer to that you know, question, just because, I mean, it is true. Would, you know, some days you could be powerful and... Some days, maybe not as much. I'd say I'm somewhere between 9 and 10 inches. I will say I probably average on 9.5. I've never really, like, I might have taken a, a measuring stick to it in college one time, a long time ago, but honestly, like, I kind of don't want to know, you know? It's kind of like when I first started sleeping with girls, I would keep count, you know? And... I have kind of that um, impulse in myself as, like, a human to, you know, tally rewards or, you know, keep track of things. Mm-hmm. But there comes a point where I just I don't want to know, you know, and I feel like that's kind of like with my dick size, you know. I, I, I think it, it's, some things are just better left unknown, you know. What's funny is I didn't really always know it was that big because I never saw other dicks. You know, mm-hmm. my friends were like, oh, you didn't shower with the football team in high school, you know, at the high school? I'm like, no, I went home and fucking showered. You know, I never really saw their dicks. So not until I started, like, performing in the business that I really realized I was packing. You know, you see other guys on uh, video and porn, but I'm like, the camera adds 10 pounds. You know, sometimes if you zoom in, the dick looks really big, you know, so I didn't know I was really packing, but... um I had a couple girls like Nicole Doshi tell me like I'm about the size of Dread. So I guess that's pretty big. I don't know. I don't think I've even seen his dick. But uh, thank you for asking. I would 
like to say my dick size is question mark, question mark, question mark. Yes, it's big and girthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm actually surprised, being that you are so girthy, that you haven't been approached for, like, an official Brad Newman dildo. You know, I feel like I want to say it's, like, eight inches in circumference. For some reason, I feel like that number's coming to mind. And you know what? I've thought about doing the whole mold, but I want to make sure that I have a back-end deal where I'm making money on the back-end. You know, sure. I've heard a lot of these yeah. mill performers getting, like, a flat fee buyout. I just don't really need the money that bad, you know? I feel you on that. So, yeah, it would be cool. I'd kind of like to produce it myself, you know, to be honest with you. Okay. But that's probably for down the line. You know, when I get older and I'm not performing as much, because I'd like to perform, you know, another 20, 25 years. You know, it'd be cool if I could go to 70. I feel like I'm just getting started. Nice. Well, I mean, you really yeah. are. I mean, it's just a handful of years. This is the start of uh, what I feel is going to be a really good career. Now, let's talk about the pop shot. Uh -huh. What do you do? Do you do anything in particular to maintain a consistent pop? Yes. Yes, I do a lot of things. It's funny that you asked me that. So when I first came in the business, I was on testosterone. And so um, I found that testosterone kind of dried my cum shot up, you know? The thing that sucks about testosterone is, like, you got to go off it eventually. You can't just stay on it, you know? And so you want to just keep taking it because it works and it's good stuff. But then your nuts dry up, you know, and I was worried about my nuts shrinking up and I didn't want to be that no nut motherfucker in reverse cowgirl that just had a dick, you know. And then uh, I was noticing my pop shot wasn't very good. I even had a director ask me one time. She doesn't even book me anymore, which is funny because this is like my first year. She's like, do you always come like that? And I was like, okay, I have to make a change. So within like... I don't know, I want to say eight, ten months of my first year performing, I went off testosterone. And I haven't done it since. I probably will never do it again because I never want to have to go off it. So um, I had to kind of like build my pop shot up from the ground floor from that point. You know, I was trying to like figure out how I can make it my strength, and I feel like it is become my strength, but um, it was a long process. Trial and error, research and development. I'm like an alchemist my baseline you know I've just I've, I've never found anything more fascinating than alchemy you know to take to make something out of nothing you know to take two things and to make something else I feel like it's you know the the magic of life so uh, I can't tell you all my secrets Poppy because I might have to kill you to be well, I feel you on that yeah I totally understand <laughs> 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 but yes it, 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 there, there's no no um, question that it, it's not left up to chance. All right. Let's shift gears a little bit, and let's focus now on your OnlyFans. Tell me all about it. Tell the listeners about it, I should say. You know, what type of content can they expect on it? What's currently hot on your OnlyFans? How often is it updated? Give them all the information they need to know about your OnlyFans and, and what's currently on it. My OnlyFans, I've been putting up daily videos. Uh, I'm doing this new sexist series, so I will be releasing those uh, pretty regularly. Um, I'm looking at shooting at least 
another 18 of them or ish, give or take. Um, depending on how that goes, I might continue the series. Uh, I thought about maybe developing some more of the um, POV type content that I've been shooting as well. Um, you'll find a lot of that. You'll find um, a lot of my boy-girl scenes. You'll find a lot of my amateur stuff, a lot of my behind-the-scenes. Um, I also, I answer all the messages there, so um, you're really talking to me, you know, when, uh, when you're on there. And, uh, yeah, I try to, um, you know, stay active on it, you know, a couple times a day. So uh, it's, it's probably the place that you can most accessibly uh, interact with me and, and, and reach me. Very nice. Drop the link for the listeners so that they know exactly where to find it. It's uh, OnlyFans.com backslash Brad Dupin. Perfect. All right, we're going to shift gears a little bit more as we head into the final stretch of questions. And uh, these questions are designed to allow the listeners to get to know a whole lot more about you personally. And the first question is, uh, tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Brad Newman. Oh, good question. I, um, I like to sing when I work out in the gym alone. I have a little gym I like to work out in. And uh, I in college, I sing in a, in a, a gospel group in um, African-American choral ensemble. So I have a, a, um, a long history of singing. And so uh, I like working out with the lights off in the gym. And I like to sing while I work out because I feel like it helps me train my diaphragm and my lungs. I love that. that. That was completely surprising and very unique. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Describe yourself in 10 words or less. Just a man looking for a girl, trying to fall in love. That's a good quote. Now, uh, the, this next set of questions, they are pop culture sort of. Uh, they're designed to allow the listeners and your fans to get to know some of your favorites. The first question in this set is, uh, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Oh, wow. Oh, man. This is going to expose me. Five of my favorite. Okay. I'll have to go with Rick and Morty, Ancient Aliens, um, Hot Ones, Saturday Night Live. Um, uh, I really like Demon Slayer. I don't know if you've seen Demon Slayer on Netflix. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's quite an eclectic batch of shows. Yeah, it uh, <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah, I like is it. Is that five? Yeah, that was a five. Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Oh, boy. Four? Four. Oh, man. That's a good question. I am going to go with so many to choose from. It's hard to really narrow it down for four. But I'm going to have to go with, I, I like music composers. So I'm a big fan of John Williams. 
do you know John Williams? Yes, he of did, course. Like, all the composing for, you know, uh, Star Wars and Indiana Jones, E.T. I'm a big fan of a lot of John uh, Williams' music. He's one of my favorites. Uh, I also am a big fan of Joe Hisaishi. He does all the music for the Studio Ghibli um, animated films. Nice. Um, I kind of got in, into um, Japanese minimal minimalist music. I feel like there's a, a beauty and a zen and a simplicity. I've been trying to like become more calm, like a Merry Christmas, Mister Lawrence by a Ryuchi Sakamoto is one of my favorite songs. It's kind of like my mantra. You know, I feel like it gets me back to center. I am um, been studying a lot of Zen, so uh, I think that is kind of going hand in hand with that style of music. Um, I also really like the Beach Boys. I'm a really big Beach Boys fan. I loved them as a kid. I feel like their music is timeless and iconic, and you know, it makes me happy. I'm also a really big fan of Lenny Kravitz. When I was a kid, I, I listened to Lenny Kravitz a lot. Uh, his album five, I feel like I can listen to the whole album. You know, all the songs on it are really good. Uh, there's something that's very unique and honest about him, and I feel like uh, I want to instill that same type of energy in myself. Um, I'm a big fan of Cascade. I like his music. There's like a, a, a perpetualness to the music. I feel like some of the songs you can put on a loop, and you, it's hard to figure out where they begin and where they end. I feel like there's a, a, a mastery and an artistry in that that, he has. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, of Whitney Houston and Janet Jackson. Probably Janet Jackson is my favorite female uh, performer. I'm actually going to her concert this summer. Nice. Uh, yeah. I, I can remember, like, back in the day when she came back. She had, like, the greatest comeback of all time. She came back with the abs. She had the dance moves. And then it was just like banger after banger. I was a little kid, but I can remember. It was very uh, inspirational to me at the time. So uh, I love a good comeback story. I feel like uh, it's like a beautiful American theme, you know, that it's, it's never really over. What are three of your most favorite films? I want to have to go number one with Rudy. Uh, a very uh, a very unique story and I feel like uh, every time I watch it it's like kind of the first time I watched it I really liked um, This is the End have you ever seen This is the End is that uh, is that the comedy yes about uh, like the end of the world I think Rihanna has a cameo yeah. right Yes. Okay, I, I know exactly what you're there. talking about. I, I, I laughed so hard the first time I saw it, and I can still watch it and still laugh my ass off. I think it's a genius. You know, there's like um, there's a, like an, another end of the spectrum that it hits on my timeline. You know, like I like things that are like really, really serious and then things that are completely not serious at all. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I found the humor in it to, you know, really hit me in the feels. Um, other movies, Labyrinth. Have you ever seen Labyrinth? Oh, uh, yes, Dance Jim the Magic Dance. 
Dan's Magic Dan. Oh, Jump Magic Jump. Oh, I love that movie. Classic. Oh, man. There's so many things from that movie that have a special place in my heart. It's probably my favorite movie ever. Um, let's see. What else? I really liked Forrest Gump. I thought Forrest Gump was a great, great movie. I, I feel like there's a, a part of Forrest Gump in me in a lot of ways. You know, his um, his ability to, um, like, focus on something and to accomplish it. You know, like, when he wanted to run, he was fucking running, you know? Like, when he wanted, wanted to be good at ping pong, he became the best at ping pong. You know, and I feel like there's a part of me that... that, that understands that you know and then you know there's a part of me that feels like i can empathize with you know being misunderstood you know or being you know uh the the odd man out or the black sheep you know so uh i really like that movie i think it's one of those that people need to watch again what are that three or four uh that four I think that uh, I lost count, but it was over. Th- it was over three, <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> Brad Newman lives by his own rules. There are no limitations, and I and I appreciate that. <laughs> There's a consistency Absolutely. in that. I like it. Yeah, two of my favorite things in life is shock and awe. Yes. You know, there's always like an element of surprise that I'm looking for in every day of my life. You know, I feel like if there's not that, then it's mundane, and it's like I've already lived it. You know, so as long as the surprise is a good surprise and not a bad one. Yes, totally. You know, and then that feeling of awe when you feel like there's like you're connected with something bigger than yourself. I like to feel that what I'm doing is is not going to be done in vain. Mm-hmm. I like that. You know, yeah. What are two foods you can't live without? I'm pretty flexible when it comes to food, so it's hard for me to answer this question but I would have to say I really I really like berries I'm kind of like like a bear I feel like my spirit animal is a bear I eat a lot of berries I like to eat a lot of salmon and you know I like to like do bear shit like lay around and hibernate like that so I've always felt like this strong connection with bears so I'm going to go with blueberries and salmon I like it and what is one of your guilty pleasures cream pies are we talking about actual cream pies or this or sexually <laughs> yeah I have like a breeding fetish oh alright I think it comes from not having kids I think if I had kids, I would not have this breeding footage. But I also <laughs> think it's from being an only child, you know. I see other people's kids, and I'm like, whew, really dodged that one, you know. I, I see these people with, like, 20 kids, and I'm like, whew, I am winning. Because that looks like, man, I thought I had it bad, but God bless you, sister. Yeah, you that's know? a lot. So uh, I think that's what it is. It's cream pies. I just feel like I'm doing something wrong, but it's so right, you know. <laughs> Brad's a little naughty. Yes. 
Yeah, well, you know, why be anything other than what you are? Exactly. What are you currently binging? Are you binge-watching uh, any TV shows at the moment? No, no, I'm, I'm really not. I um, I really, um, I kind of binge-watched Demon Slayer a couple times, and uh, I binge-watched a little Rick and Morty, but I really don't watch a lot of television. I'm usually busy doing live things. You know, I try to not be in the house a lot. But um, I did just pre-order the PlayStation VR 2 today. Uh, I shoot a lot of VR, so I thought it would be uh, responsible of myself as a performer to uh, do a little research into the VR headsets. So that's uh, going to be my next frontier is when I get this headset. I'm probably going to try to do things that are physical with it, you know. Um, hopefully I won't break any of my furniture. Yes, let's hope. <laughs> What's next for Brad Newman? What can the listeners and your fans uh, expect from you in the near future? What's what's going to be released very soon? That's a good question. I just um, had a browser scene with Peyton Presley. I think it comes out in a couple of days. Uh, the trailer, I think, just came out, like, today or something. Um, so that's going to be coming out. I think that would be a good one. It's called Nice Guys Finish on Her Ass. So uh, I like it. Uh, that's a cool one. Um, I got the uh, Showtime film coming out, um, Love, Sex, and Robots. It probably is going to win some awards this next uh, season. Uh, Perfect Mark coming out on Adam and Eve. I think that's another really great one that um, people are going to love. I am... Um, I'm uh, doing a little bit of directing uh, for Team Skeet, so um, I should be having some um, interesting uh, productions with them this year. And um, I've been shooting some really good stuff for VR bangers. If anyone that um, consumes uh, VR content, I would recommend checking out VR bangers. We've been doing some elaborate scenes and setups. Uh, I recently played Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and it was great because... Um, Donnie Rock was Leo DiCaprio, and he was the actual VR guy. So I got to fuck out from under the camera in the actual frame. So that was a cool first experience, and I like that VR bangers are kind of uh, doing things outside the box. So um, there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming up with them. I've also been doing some great stuff with New Sensations. Um, we got some uh, uh, Hot Wife series coming out that uh, are really um, – going to be some good productions and uh i think people are really going to like those a lot so um you know i'm going to probably shoot a little bit more pov this year um i feel like i'm getting better at it and people really seem to like it so um look forward to that and i'm doing the sexist series i got three in uh post-production right now i got four that are already out and um i got a couple more i'm going to shoot this month and then uh I think probably by July I should have, you know, 15 or 16 of these uh, sexist series. It's um, uh, it's a little bit more um, hip and edgy, and I think people are going to like the uh, style and the flavor that uh, it has compared to the other stuff that I shoot. So um, that's something to look forward to. Um, if uh, you want to find my um, videos outside of OnlyFans, I do have a store on minivids.com under the profile name uh, Brad Newman XXX. You can find some stuff on there. And uh, 
I also have some stuff on Pornhub, so if you do a search for me on there, you might find a couple of videos as well. Perfect. You're actually leading me right into the next question, because my next question is, how can your fans reach you? Where can they find you online, social media, where they can find your content, all of the goodies that they need to know right now? Yeah, so if you want to uh, interact with me on social media, I'm on Twitter at uh, Brad Newman XO. And I am on Instagram at the real Brad Newman. And uh, like I said, you can find me at onlyfans.com backslash Brad Newman and on mini vids under Brad Newman XXX. And uh, always look for me on the hub as well. So um, those are the best ways to get a hold of me or see what I'm doing. Perfect. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything you would like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in? No, I think we covered about everything. You know, we should do this again and, um, you know, maybe I can go a little bit deeper down some of these uh, rabbit holes that we've been bringing up. I would love that. Like, certainly. Like, I want to thank you so much for the interview, Brad. The door's open for more. Whenever you want to come back, I'm glad uh, that, that you are interested in coming back because it would be awesome to have you on again. Well, thanks. I appreciate it. I had a good time talking with you. Thank you for being so wonderful to uh, talk to. I appreciate that. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Before we go, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Thank you for downloading One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. For more information on One-on-One with Poppy Chulo, visit poppychuloradio.com slash after dark. Follow Poppy Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash Poppy Chulo one on one. That's at Poppy Chulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you, Poppy Chulo. Thanks, announcer. And with that, Brad Newman and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night, everybody. Let's go. Thanks for listening to One on One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. And like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week.